Hi, and welcome to the Daring to Leap podcast. I'm your host, Lori Phillip. I am so excited to dive into this week's episode with you. Are you struggling to discover your purpose in life? Do you feel unfulfilled in your current role and yearn for a life with more passion? This week, we're speaking with Janet Anderson, the Why Whisperer. In this episode, you will learn why it is important to understand your why, your purpose, the specific steps you can take to identify what it is, and how Janet found the resilience to overcome a major career setback, a betrayal by her employer, and got back on her feet, aligned with her self-worth and her values. Let's dive in. We have a special guest on the podcast today. Jeanette Anderson is here. Jeanette Anderson's title is The Why Whisperer because she is passionate about helping you figure out why you do what you do so that you can be the difference that only you can be. Her why is that she wants you to get that you matter and that you live like you matter. She has spent over 38 years as a facilitator, coach, and mentor helping people do just that. A best-selling author, international speaker, and business development expert, Jeanette did her time in the corporate trenches, but she is most proud of teaching thousands of entrepreneurs how to grow their business in a way that authentically works for them. Welcome to the podcast, Jeanette. Hi, Lori. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited for you to be here. And we have so much to talk about because I, I know that your thing or one of your th- many things is about this concept of your why, which I know is so important. But first, I really want to dive in a bit and hear about your career journey where you've been an entrepreneur for quite some time now. I have. Uh, How have over- you shifted over into what you're doing now? Thanks. I've been an entrepreneur for off and on for 40 years. And the off and on part is every once in a while I forget and I go back into corporate and I get a job. And the last one I had, I worked my way up to VP of professional services for a Fortune 500 company. But I'm there for about two years. And then I really struggle with politics and bureaucracy. (laughs) And because I'm pretty sure I was born entrepreneurial, I'm pretty sure I came out with a briefcase in my hand. And, and I, so then I forget, I get lured back by the benefits and the quote unquote stability and the quote unquote ease of it all. But then I remember, nope, not my people, not my, not my joy, not my juice. And I go back into running my own business. So I've had four iterations of it over the last four decades. Wow. And so when you were at this last corporate stint that you had, Mm -hmm. Was there a moment that made you decide, okay, this is, it's time for me to go back to something that brings me more joy? What was that transition point well, for you? It was, it, it was both a, a moving towards and a moving away from. It was a really interesting experience because I'm, I'm quite clear that you can express your why anywhere in a job, in a career, in your own business, in your family, in your community, we can live into our why. But I, I'm also really firmly believe that part of our purpose is easier to express through our own business and doing what we do 
the last job I was in, it was, like I said, I, I kind of got promoted to the level of vice president of professional services. I brought in the largest sale in the company's history, a $1.2 million deal with a $1.7 million second half that took me over a year to put together. And this company, this corporation, Canadian Fortune 500 company, had a history of, let's say, how do I put this? Using litigation to manage their cash. So mm -hmm. if they were having a bad quarter, they would lay a bunch of people off. If they were having a good quarter, they'd hire a bunch of people on. And, and I knew this about the company, but I didn't really fully pay attention. I wasn't mm -hmm. being discerning. I knew that they often didn't pay expenses. I knew that they had this history. And so they owed me a lot of commission on this big, big deal. And we're having a rough quarter. So they, they ended up firing me so they wouldn't have to pay the commission. It was so, so frustrating and felt like a huge betrayal because mm -hmm. I had literally worked 74 days in a row without a day off. I was supporting two regions because they were missing two vice presidents. They had a lot of turnover. I, I was literally working 14 to 16 hour days every day when this happened and had literally brought in the biggest sale in the, in the company's history. So I had a very good victim story that I did tell for a while and, and had a very good case. I literally had a lawyer that was going to take a pro bono because it was very clear cut and dry, mm -hmm. but they owed me the money. But in many ways, it was the best thing that could have happened. It cured me permanently from wanting to work in organizations where there isn't a value alignment where they're not who I want or where I can't be who I want to be. And it was devastating. I got to tell you, when I, when I was first fired, it was, it was a little ironic. It was right before 9-11. And I got a call from HR saying, are you okay? And I'm saying, no, I'm not okay. I'm really upset. This is not okay. This is really, this is bullshit. And um, <laughs> not sure if I can say that on your show. And, and we went on for about five minutes and them going, well, are you safe? Are you, where, where are you? And I said, I'm in my home. Oh, so you're safe. Yes. I couldn't figure out why, what she was talking about. She couldn't figure out what I was talking about. I hadn't seen the news about 9-11 and I was a laptop warrior and had been traveling a lot. So they were checking on all their people who were traveling to see if there was a, sorry about that, to see if, I'll turn that off, to see if there was a, any accident if I was on any of the planes. And I was thinking they were calling about me being fired, but she didn't know I had been fired. So we were at cross purposes for five minutes. And finally she said, go turn on your TV. And I was like, oh, okay. Yes, I'm okay. And no, I'm not okay. It, it put me into it. I got to tell you, be honest. It put me into a two-year period of depression, of fatigue. I was burnt out, really burnt out. I had pushed so hard for so long as many, many, many women do in corporate, mm -hmm. really trying to climb the ladder, really trying to prove ourselves, really trying to measure up. And it took me quite a long time to get my feet back under me, my confidence back, my sense of my value back, and really kind of come back home to myself. It had been a really uh, big betrayal, but it was also, like I said, a big blessing. Because mm -hmm. it, it really made me clear that I was not willing to settle ever again for not being valued, 
for not being treated with integrity and and for not being with people that I really valued and appreciated and, and where there was mutual respect. So, which doesn't mean all corporations are bad. They're not. No. But, mm-hmm. but it's often difficult to find places where you're valued or feel valued, especially nowadays. And, and I think that's so critical for people. We need to be seen and heard and valued and appreciated. Mm-hmm. Wow, what a story. I know. Jeanette, I have so many questions about yeah. it. But, you know, one of the things that I hear a lot in having these conversations is that something kind of bad happened and it ended up being a blessing in disguise. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's something that's so important for people to hear because in the moment, what a mess you were in, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and at the end of the day, it, it couldn't have been better for you in terms of pushing you hard enough in the opposite mm-hmm. direction. Yeah. yeah. So that it would stick. You mentioned that for two years, you were kind of in this place that mm-hmm. wasn't super great. How did you get back to yourself mm, after af- during that time? Yeah, great question. Yeah, it was very devastating uh, on many levels. It, it, I ended up having to choosing to declare bankruptcy because of the non-payment and all the deaths that had been incurred as a result of the job and stuff. That was devastating to me because that was so against who I, I thought I was. I was exhausted. It took a toll on my health. So really what it was, it probably would have been a shorter period had I let myself fully grieve. I, I do, I did what I, you know, now really work with clients not to do, which was what I call drowning in the shallow end of the pool. I tried to just carry on. I tried to start my business right away and just carry on. And partially because I had to, but because I, I didn't want to go back into another job. I just didn't have that in me, but I, I needed to generate revenue. So there was a, it was coming from a push and the push is what really keeps us depleted, the have tos and the shoulds. And so that was why it lasted as long as it did is because I was really coming from that place of having the gas and the brake on. So some of the work that I did was some personal development work. I did work a bit with the therapist. I did finally do some grieving work. It took me, it, I really didn't allow myself to do that for mm-hmm. about a year, year and a half, because I was so busy getting on with getting on, right? And mm-hmm. I think that's what a lot of powerful women do is they just cope, move on, and they step over the owl. They step over yeah. the pain. They step over the wound. And it wasn't until I really acknowledged it that it was like, oh, okay. So then I spent quite a bit of time in grief or causing grief. And what I mean by that is one of the things that I kind of needed to do because I had shut down quite a bit was in some ways force my grief. So I watched sad movies. I listened to sad music. I pay it forward is one of the best crime movies out there. So I watched that over and over to get the energy moving and to get some of the stuff down up and out so that I could start to get my energy flowing again, that really helped. It sounds really counterintuitive, but it really helped me to actually lift up again and, and 
then I was willing to call in support once, because initially when we're down, it's really hard to call in support. So we need to kind of find a way to move our energy physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, then call in support as soon as you can. And so I was willing to start doing that and asking people to help me reimagine things, to see it in a different perspective, to come remember who I was. So I asked clients to send me testimonials. I asked friends to remind me what they saw in me and what my, my value was, et cetera, because I had forgotten. I had, I had kind of just let it be, let myself be convinced that, that I wasn't worthwhile or that I wasn't valuable. I knew intellectually that wasn't the case, but there's a big difference between what we know and what we get, what we know. Mm. So it was a process of calling back in support, doing some grieving work, getting moving physically, because of course, when you're depressed, it becomes kind of a cocoon, going out more, um, like literally going out of my house more, and really starting to shift my focus from moving away from not having money, moving away from scarcity, to what do I want to create? Who do I want to be? What am I committed to? And what is my vision? And what's my why? And so starting to ask more powerful questions also led me out of the, the darkness. So I would say it was, it was actually a lot of the, the stuff from Alan Deutschman wrote a book, Change or Die. And he said the three things we need to change are to reframe to have a new perspective. So I got therapy. I did personal growth. I read books to relate, to have a community of support. So I called in more support and to repeat, to have a structure that supports us in the new behavior. So I created some more accountability with people for doing things that moved me towards my vision. So there was actually quite a, quite a journey, quite a process, but the first step was to acknowledge what was in terms of where I was at, and then to start calling in support. That's, I'm so glad you shared that with us today, Jeanette. It's so powerful. And I think you're, you're right. The step we miss a lot of the times is we jump straight to, I'm in this position. Let me just, like, if you jump straight over to your, your why, what would you love to do? I mean, that can be powerful. But you're, you didn't have a chance at that point. You wouldn't have had a chance to let go of all of the grief and the hurt and the emotion. And, and that part of it is skipped over a lot of the time. So congrats to taking that time and figuring it out and making it work. I'd love to shift gears here to talk about your why. Why? What is it? that makes your why matter so much? Well, I've been teaching personal development and coaching certification programs and so forth for over 35 years. So the inner aspect of who we are as human beings, what motivates us, what drives us, what, what inspires us has always been something I've loved studying and, and mastering. And it is a big part of why we do and how we do anything we do, whether it's our career or our business or whatever. But I really started to appreciate why your why matters. The more I got into business and especially working with purpose-led business people, a lot of the questions that I came up against in that situation back in 2020, or sorry, 2001, was 
why am I here? What's the meaning? What's it all about, Alfie? Those questions. I think we go in cycles in our lives or layers of that question. And, and it, human beings are meaning-making machines. We need meaning. And in the absence of a meaning that, that inspires us and pulls us forward, we make up meanings and stories that don't help us be effective. We, make, mm-hmm. we, we apply meaning to everything. We tell a story about everything. So we might as well tell better stories. And one of those better stories is, what is our why? So my, my definition of it is perhaps a little bit different than, than perhaps like Simon Sinek. Many people have heard his mm-hmm. why TED Talk and, and on leadership or his book, Start With Why. I believe our why is the intersection of what we're healing from the past and what we long for for the future for ourselves and for others, what we're healing from the past and what we long for, for the future. And I think our why is the, the intersection of those two things. So it, it's important to look at our past, at our childhood, at the, the stories that weave throughout our life and are consistent. Those give us clues as to who we are and why we do what we do. And what do we really want to see fixed in the world. We all see the world differently. We all care about different things. There's people who care about kids. God bless them. That's go take care of them. They're not my juice or my jam. Same thing with old people or animals or it's not that I hate them. I just, just not my thing to do. Right. And so, so finding that intersection gives us kind of a guiding North star. I, th- I call it a thread that weaves through the tapestry of our life. It doesn't change. It's consistent. How we express it, our stand in the world changes over time. Mm-hmm. Um, you can express your why as a mom. You can express your why in the boardroom. You can express your why, um, you know, in, in your choir, wherever you are. Our stand, how we live into it, can change from time to time. So whether I was in corporate or whether I was facilitating personal growth workshops or whether I'm in my business, my core bottom line is I want you to get that you matter and live like you do. Why? Because I always wanted to get that I mattered. I grew up with a very chaotic, rough childhood, lots of addiction, lots of violence, etc. I wanted to get on the list. Never mind the top of the list. I just wanted to get on the damn list and, and know that I mattered to my mom more than alcohol and men and cigarettes and that, that I mattered and made a difference in the world because it didn't growing up like I did. So my journey has been a journey of understanding that. And so of course, that's what I see and care about for other people. Mm -hmm. I want them to get that they matter because we all have some version of a not enough story running and it's a BS story, belief system and bullshit story that is not true, but it's part of our humanity. So what is the opposite of that? It's our why. And, and I think that we can live into that. So whether I'm facilitating a personal growth workshop and supporting people and getting their purpose, their, their passion, why they matter and how they can make a difference, or I'm working with a client and how they can express that in their career path or in their business. It's, it gives them a strategic direction. It gives them a focus. It gives them the stick they can put in the sand and use as a test. Does this job, does this company take me closer to my why or further away? 
it's a way to really know who we are, what we bring to the world, and how we can best live into that. So I think it really matters. It sounds like it. Yes. And I tend to agree with you, Jeanette. And I, I like your difference in perspective on what, why, what your why is. What are some of the benefits you've seen from your clients or in these workshops you've done with people when they figure out what is it, what their why is, how does that support them in their career, in their life? Oh, that's a great question. So I'll give you an example from a client of mine who is a professor at a university in, in the States. She's been in academia most of her life and working in the corporate side of the university. And, and in our work together, her understanding that her why really is about supporting people in, on their path, their passion, where in the role she was in, she wasn't doing that. She was doing administration and, and various things. What lights her up is being able to teach students and help them tap into their passion and purpose so that they can live into that through their academic path. And so she wasn't doing that in her current role. So she, when she got clear on that, she, we created a role that she positioned to the organization that they needed, that she could uniquely fill, but they didn't have that job. It, it wasn't, it didn't exist until she proposed it. She's now in that job, making more money than she was, happier, doing the work that she wants and really benefiting the university because they had a blind spot about something where they weren't doing the kind of development work that retained their students. So they are now getting better attraction and retention results. She's happier in the role that she has. And a lot of it was just about her being willing to say, how do we create a win-win based around what matters to me, why mm -hmm. I do what I do? And it didn't exist. And she made it happen. She called it out of nothing and created it because she was clear on and motivated by her why. So it really helps us differentiate ourselves. It helps us know where we want to go, what kind of work we want to do. And if we let it, it can get us really creative about how do we create that in the world. What a great story. What I, what I really like to hear about it is sometimes I think maybe, I don't know if it's message to us in the culture. Or it's just one of those beliefs, limiting beliefs that we might have that in order to be fulfilled or if you have a why, that you have to leave what you're doing and go do something else. Have you found with working with clients that, similar to in this case, where she didn't have to leave her career, she could feel more fulfilled in the career she had, maybe in a slightly different position, or even maybe even rethinking how she she would a person would do their current line of work a little bit differently. That's in more in alignment, but they don't have to leave. Absolutely, there's. I think there's a there's a danger to finding out your purpose or your mission or your why, because often we don't have some of that in our life. And so there might be a tendency to want to throw out the baby with bathwater. The first good question to ask is, how do I start doing this more now? How, whatever your, your why is, how do you live into that more now? So 
if your why is that you were the person who was the peacemaker in your family and you love keeping peace, great. Maybe there's an additional role in your job or maybe there is a way that you do your job that you already create that in your world. So seeing it, acknowledging it, calling in more of it, yes, but, but really just getting intentional about it. That's one thing is being aware of it so that we can look for those opportunities. The second thing is, yes, you can see how can I negotiate things so that I can have more of it. So creating it with what is, perhaps creating something new. And then for some people, part of it is a recognition that this is not my ideal life. This is the life someone else wanted for me. This is what my parents told me I should do. I need the quote unquote security of it. Although we know now that that really is an illusion. There isn't such a thing as job security anymore. However, for some people, it's the leap that, that they need to dare to take is to actually leap into what they do want to do. And so getting help with clarifying what is that and how to do it in a way that is the most effective and supportive for you. We don't have to throw ourselves into the deep end unless you do. Some people do. I'm one of those people. I did um, that. But, but really being committed to, I want to live a purpose-led life. I want to live a fulfilling life. Doing that however and wherever you can and being honest enough to know if this is it or not. If it's not, call in support to have someone hold your heart and hand while you make the leap. You don't have to make leaps alone. Yes. That, that right there comes up so much because I think as women, we tend on average to not want to ask for help, to do everything on our own. And support is out there and it is so, so helpful. Absolutely. It's one of the big differences and one of the things that holds women back, especially in corporate, is that they don't, they are more lone wolves and they are internally referenced. Men tend to be externally referenced. So they will go and ask people for help, but they'll also measure their progress against other people, which is often way less demanding than the bar we set for ourselves. So one of the things we need to do is actually be a little more like men in that regard be externally referenced versus constantly setting the bar out of reach, never being able to attain it, and therefore never being satisfied or happy. And it's a good path to burnout. So really, it's, it's understanding that, that we are enough, we do enough, and what is it that brings us joy, that lights us up, that gives us a sense of, of satisfaction that we are being the difference that we're here to be? Because at the end of our lives, that's really the only question. It's not how many hours did I work in the office? Mm -hmm. It's not how much money did I get to? It's not what was my title. It's were we being who we wanted to be and making the difference we wanted to make, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. So I really, I have, I have another quick example. I have a client, Elaine, who is a coach and had her business. And we worked together. She wanted to grow our business. But really what it turned out was she wanted more freedom. And so she's now living a mobile lifestyle. She sold her house and everything she owned. She bought a van. Now she's living on a yacht and doing her business from there. So it may not be that your job has to shift. Her job stayed the same. 
but she adjusted her lifestyle to suit what her longing was, what her heart was calling her to. So it could be that maybe the, per the adjustments are in your personal life or in your lifestyle. And there's a lot more flexibility now in, in corporate, in the world, for alternative lifestyles. COVID, that was one of the gifts of COVID. So perhaps what you're really looking for is a little more flexibility and freedom. And you might be like me and be allergic to winter and want to do your work from somewhere warm. Mm -hmm. So how can we create and negotiate the life we want? And a lot of the shift that I think a lot of people need to make is that we build our life around our business or our career versus the other way around. Mm. So can we make the shift to building our career or our business or our life or business around our life? So that's, I think, one of the biggest shifts that a lot of women, especially as you get a little older, start to realize is, is that shift is what makes all the difference to the quality of life. Yes, that, that is a great point. I, I personally was also craving freedom and mostly of my time and energy and being able to decide how I want to spend my day and what I'm focused on. My question for you, Jeanette, is, okay, I'm hearing what you have to say. I'm starting to buy into this idea of, okay, my why is important. I'm not sure what it is. What are some tips or steps somebody can take to start to unpack that and, and pulse, get more clarity around it for themselves? Mm. All right. Well, so the first thing that I'm going to say, and it sounds self-serving kind of is, is it's almost impossible to do for yourself. It's so much easier to do in the listening of another person who is trained and adept at listening for longing and listening for purpose. So having said that, here's some of the quick little exercises that can give your people some access and some ideas. One is that I have people do is write down five significant events that happened when you were young. The younger, the, the younger, the better and significant to you. They might have been big, they might have been small, they might have been happy, but they were probably challenging or traumatic. And what was the story that that little girl or boy made up about that situation? Not the adult looking back, but that kid. What was the impact on them? How did they feel? And what was the story they made up about themselves, other people, or the world? When we look at that, we start to see a thread, a theme. And often you can look at your life and see how that theme is played out again and again and again. And often that, the, the healing of that is almost always what we long for and what we want to shift in the world in some way. Another quick little way to access that is, imagine you have a what magic wand, you can wave it and change any one thing you want about you, other people, or the world. What would that be? Another thing to kind of look at. Another access point is, what is your soapbox that you get on and rant about? And if you don't think you have one, just ask your friends and family, they'll tell you because you definitely do. So what do you rant about? That will give you another clue about what you are a stand for or a stand against. If you can clarify, what do you stand for in the world? What do you stand against? That gives you some more clues. When you look at these things, you're going to see a theme emerge. And that theme is often the thing that we are here to learn and to teach about. And so when we can get that clear, then that is what and get in alignment with it in terms of what we're doing and how we're being in the world and in all of our roles, then 
things get more aligned, things get clearer, things work better, and we're generally quite a bit happier. So those are some things they could, exercises they could try to get some clarity and see if they can see a theme. Maybe discuss it with a friend, um, see what you hear and what emerges. Those are great, Jeanette. I, I'm going to do some of those myself, I think. Awesome. Although awesome. I'm not, I, I, I'm kind of a look forward type of person. So I, sometimes I have a hard time going back and really wanting to revisit those types of moments in my life. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yep. You're not alone in that. <laughs> not comfortable, but I, the, the goal is worth the effort. It totally is. And one of the things that I would love to offer, if it's okay for your people, is a complimentary Why Whisperer session so they can book a call with me and I will talk to them and go through some of those exercises and listen for what their why is so that they can use it to guide their career decisions, to decide what roles they want to be in, what's the next step for them. Do they want to make the transition to business or entrepreneurship? Do they want to change their lifestyle? So there's a link that I can give you. You can put in the show notes and people can book that. It's normally worth a bazillion dollars, but your people can book with me for free because I want more women living on the path of their purpose because then there's more pleasure. And when women are happy, so are the men, so are the kids, and so is the planet. That is a great place to wrap up, Jeanette. And of course, we'll put in the link in the show notes for anybody that's interested in taking Jeanette on her beautiful offer. Where can we, where can the listeners reach out to you, connect with you, learn more about your work? Thank you. I love that. Well, I have a podcast as well called the Purpose of Profit Sisterhood Podcast. Bit of mouthful. And also the Purpose and Profit Sisterhood Facebook community. So you're welcome to listen to or join both in the sisterhood community. Lots of tips and resources for mastering the inner and outer game of life and business. And or you can go to bodacity.ca, B-O-D-A-C-I-T-Y dot C-A. Or reach out to me on social media. I would love, love to connect with you. And... And just hear what you're excited about creating and how we can play, how I can support you, how I know lots of people, lots of resources, etc. I love supporting people in their dreams. Thank you, Jeanette. I appreciate your time, your wisdom and your vulnerability today. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Lori. And thanks for doing the work that you do, giving people a voice and really supporting people in in their clarity and in their willingness to make their next brave leap. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you've enjoyed it, I would love for you to subscribe. If you're already a subscriber, don't forget to share the podcast with a friend. Hope you all have an amazing week. Until next time. Bye.